Hej and welcome to the history of Denmark. Episode 2. Denmark before the Viking Age. Hello everyone. Today we take a look at the so-called prehistoric period in Danish history. The Viking Age begins around the year 800 and our first true king will emerge in the first half of the 10th century. However, we are going back thousands of years and working our way forward in order to understand what Denmark was like before it became a unified state ruled by a king. The Neanderthals were a different species of human who lived in Europe over 200,000 years ago. There's been some discussion of whether or not they inhabited Denmark since archaeological evidence has been scarce here. Most of the discoveries have taken place in Germany and France, so it is largely unknown if they ever lived in what is today Denmark. However, bones from deer were found in Hollerup, which appear to have been broken with some kind of tool, possibly pointing towards the Neanderthals living in Denmark 125,000 years ago. Some claim that the bones could have been broken by other means though, so it is up in the air. Around 13,000 BC, nomadic hunter-gatherers emigrated from what is today Sweden. Our sources from this period again come in the form of archaeological excavations. These show that the hunter-gatherers hunted reindeer, since we have found holes in the ground in which people deposited the bones of these animals. Although many of their tools were made from organic materials, which means that they decomposed, arrowheads made from flint and tools made from reindeer antlers have also been found in what were likely the moving camps of these people. Around 9000 years BC, the character of the hunter-gatherers changed. We begin to find the floors of huts, where between 5 and 7 people lived together. Again we find arrowheads, but also fishing tools, hooks, animal skins and skeletons from aurochs and elk. Carved drawings show animals and people. Thanks to increased ice melting, a new culture emerged around 6800 BC, which was based on what was then an archipelago of Danish islands. We can see that the sea begins to play a larger role, and the people may have lived by the coast in summer to hunt seals, and moved inland in the winter. Boats and fishing gear from this period have also been discovered. Actual burial sites begin to emerge, with people getting flint knives, pearls and dogs with them in their grave. Around the year 4000 BC, agriculture finally arrives. Researchers have debated whether the change came from southern immigrants, or if the hunter-gatherers gradually changed their ways. At first, the farmers practiced slash-and-burn farming, in which forests are cut down and the plants are burned in order to release nutrients for the soil. Under dolmen, which are rocks arranged as a landmark, the first plows from this period have been found. Also from this period we find that earth hills and stone coffins have become a way to bury the dead, but sometimes the bones were moved to, or dumped in, big chambers. Sacrifices to fertility gods were made in lakes, with the usual sacrifices being huge axes, clay tubs with food in them, and amber. Sometimes though, humans were given up to the gods. This period is also when the longhouses begin to appear. The Bronze Age begins in Denmark around the year 1700 BC. Since bronze does not occur naturally in Northern Europe, it had to be imported and traded for. The Bronze Age has left us with around 100,000 earth burial hills, which are very visible throughout the landscape. 
Some hills had a damp core, which allowed for the preservation of objects which would otherwise have decomposed. The clothes, tools, and furniture of the Bronze Age people are thus somewhat well known. We find hats, shirts, coats, and bonnets for men and women. Children's clothes have been scarce. In swamps, we find women's jewelry and sacrificial tools, and they are likely the result of trade between the chieftains of the area. One of the most famous and important archaeological findings from this period is the Trondholm Sun Chariot. It was dug up in 1902 in Trondholm in West Zealand. The artifact is a figurine of a horse-drawn, four-wheeled chariot with a disc behind it, representing the sun. The Sun Chariot can be seen on the National Museum of Denmark in Copenhagen. Other findings include the bronze lures, which are blowing instruments in the shape of ox horns, and the vexer helmets, which are horned bronze ceremonial helmets. The helmets were divided into several pots in order to discourage looters from stealing them after they had been sacrificed in the swamp. They may be a contributing factor to the false notion that Vikings bore horned helmets. I will put up pictures of the sun chariot, the lures and the helmets on the website to go along with this episode. Now, I can't leave the Bronze Age without mentioning the Ectville girl. She was a young girl who died when she was between 16 and 18 years old in the year 1370 BC. Her barrel was excavated in 1921 outside the town of Ectville. She was buried together with the cremated remains of a child aged between 5 and 6 years old. She was buried in a wooden coffin and was covered in cowhides and woolen blankets. What is especially interesting about her are her clothes, which give us an insight into how people dressed at the time. She wore a short-sleeved blouse, a skirt, and a woven belt with a bronze belt buckle. I will also add a picture of a reconstruction of what she might have looked like to the post on the website. The next period is the pre-Roman Iron Age, lasting from 500 BC to the year 1 AD. The settlements began to develop palisade fences and moats for defense. Iron begins to be developed and forges have been uncovered in some settlements. From this period we find two interesting uh, swamp corpses. I have to admit that I struggled with the translation here, but they are essentially bodies which have been mummified by the lack of oxygen in a bog or swamp. The two are the Tollen Man and the Kaubele Man. The Tollen Man is so well preserved that you can see his facial features clearly. He was found in 1950, and it was actually reported to the local police, because the person who found him thought that he had died recently. He was 30 years old when he was hanged, so he might have been a criminal, a human sacrifice, or both. The noose is still around his neck, and while his face has been blackened by 2,000 years of submersion in a swamp, he actually looks peaceful and asleep. The other corpse, the Kabbalah man, had his throat slit from ear to ear. He was also 30 years old, and his body was well preserved. So well preserved, in fact, that his fingerprints could be taken. Like the Tallinn man, he was found in the 1950s and can be viewed today. I will, of course, add pictures to the website of these two unfortunate Iron Age men. The Roman Empire certainly influenced Denmark, and the fleet of the Emperor Augustus made it all the way to Kattegat, which is the sea between Norway and Denmark. Jewelry, drinking horns, and other luxury wares began to be influenced by Roman fashion. The so-called Roman Iron Age lasted from 1 AD to 400 AD. 
In this period, settlements grow larger and farming is intensified. Oats and rye begin to make an appearance, as does cattle breeding. The first runes can be seen on weapons and jewelry in the form of simple inscriptions detailing the function of an object or the name of the owner. The increased trading with Roman goods led to the booming of the settlements, as I just mentioned. In Gulme, the first of the very large longhouses of 50 by 10 meters have been excavated. These are called halls in reference to the Anglo-Saxon poem Beowulf, in which the hero comes to the king of the Danes, Hrothgar, and helps him kill the monster Grendel, who has been attacking his great hall, Heorot. Also in this period, we see much aggression from the north and east, around the year 200 AD. Some speculate that the Danes emigrated from Sweden in the 300s. Now, I want to touch on the Roman relations with Danes. They probably did not know much about Scandinavia or Denmark, and likely assumed that we were Germanic barbarians, at least that is what Tacitus seems to imply in his work, Germania. If you lived on the other side of the Rhine and Danube at the time of Tacitus, that is 98 AD by the way, you were considered some form of German. In southern Denmark, several Roman artifacts have been found, such as bronze tubs, glass bowls, and drinking cups. These were most likely either traded for, raided for, or received as bribes or gifts. On the bottom of two silver cups, the name Silius can be read, which may refer to Gaius Silius, who was the commander of the Roman-German border between 14 and 21 AD. On the cups, scenes from Homer's Iliad can be seen. The final period we will cover today is the Germanic Iron Age, which follows the collapse of the Western Roman Empire in 476 AD and lasts to around the year 800. What is notable about this period is that the influence from the Romans had inspired the Danes to develop a new identity, a new culture, and a new religion. This can be seen in the jewelry and the artifacts originating from this period. This is the period in which Norse mythology was developed, the pre-Christian religion of Scandinavia featuring Odin, Thor, Freya, Tyr, and all the others. I will talk more about this religion in the next episode on the Viking Age. Anyway, back to the Germanic Iron Age. For a long time there was a distinct lack of archaeological findings from this period, leading some to speculate that people started leaving for England, which left us with an archaeological dark age. After metal detectors became more widespread, however, this notion was completely destroyed by the many findings. Helmets, swords, and shields make up a big part of these, indicating the rising warrior culture among the petty kings, or chieftains, ruling Denmark at the time. Settlements have also been discovered, such as Gulme, Lyra, etc., all in all giving us a whole new view of the period. The first runestone is made in Norway around the year 700, and in 737 and 738, the first trees for the main mode of the Danevirke were cut down. Danevirke was a large fortification in Schleswig, which was expanded over the years. The name means the work of the Danes, and it served as protection to the southern border and helped guard ships sailing up the Eider and Tränen rivers. Danevirke is the largest historical landmark of the Nordic countries, and Denmark, along with the German state of Schleswig-Holstein, in which the fortification is located today, are trying to get it recognized as UNESCO World Heritage Site. Danevirke would be used for many centuries, and would go on to have a big symbolic meaning for the Danes, most notably in the War of 1864, aka the Second Schleswig War, when the sudden abandonment of the fortification led a crossing blow to the Danish morale. 
Danes considered Dannevirke to be an impenetrable line of defense, but the Prussians proved otherwise. The Germanic Iron Age can be seen as the beginning of the Viking Age, and the first Viking raid can be considered to have taken place as early as 515, when the Frankish yearbooks make note of a Danish king being killed on the Saxon coast. The last thing I will touch on this time are some of the most important and magnificent artifacts from the Germanic Iron Age, the two golden horns of Gallehus. They were, as the name implies, horns of sheet gold. They were created in the 400s AD and were inscribed with runes and images depicting the myths of the time with a tangle of different motives. They weigh a remarkable 7 kilos and were likely used at religious ceremonies and rituals, but it is not known whether they were used as blowing instruments or as drinking horns. The inscriptions have been subject to much debate, as there has been difficulty translating the words. One version of the runes on the shorter of the two horns is, I, Liutgast, son of the forest, made this horn. Liutgast was a king in Denmark who was supposedly rich in gold and who lived during the 400s. The horns were found within 20 meters of each other, but 100 years apart. The first in 1639 and the second in 1734. Now, the reason I've used the past tense when talking about the golden horns is that in 1802 they were stolen and melted down. Luckily, copies were made from drawings, and these copies were exhibited in the National Museum. These copies were then stolen while on exhibition in Yelling in 2007, but they were refound. Today, the two horns are exhibited in the National Museum in Copenhagen. The horns had a major influence on Danish culture, especially after they were stolen. The Danish poet, Adam Erlenschläger, and I should note here that he is actually Danish, even though his name sounds German, who is most famous for writing the poem that would later become the national anthem, wrote a poem about the horns right after they were stolen. Ironically, he lived just a few houses away from the thief who was called Nils Heidenreich. The horns became a symbol of the glorious past of Denmark, real or imagined, during the 1800s. Naturally, I will add pictures of the golden horns to the website. That is all for this week. We have now covered the history of Denmark from the Stone Age to the Germanic Iron Age, and we have poked our heads into the beginning of the Viking Age. Next time, we will look at the 9th century featuring Vikings, Norse mythology, legends, and many other things. I hope you will join me then. Thank you.